Hi, this is Steve McKenna, producer of History Makers. The subject of today's program is child sex trafficking in Cambodia, so parental guidance is recommended. In the late 18th century, William Wilberforce was converted. Almost single-handedly, he broke the shackles of slavery. People there were just totally different. We are looking at the footprint of God over the last 2,000 years. History makers. Since the Roman legion destroyed Jerusalem in the year 70 AD, the Jewish people have a nation of their own. And he said, well, no, Randy, we're not all just faking it. There is a living hope, and his name is Jesus. And I believe that that's really why you're here. Christ died for us. History Makers. Hi and welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today our guest is Ali Mellon from Hard Places Community in Cambodia. And our guest interviewer is Andrew Robbo Robinson. Here we are at the launch of Ping Pongathon 2017. And Ali Mellon is with me. How are you going, Ali? Yeah, good. Thank you. Great to have you here. Now, you are from the States, but uh, you've lived in Cambodia for a while. Yes, for eight and a half years. Wow. So what took you to Cambodia? What was the uh, the thing that drew you out of the U.S.? That's a pretty big move. Yes, the thing that first took me to Cambodia was the age of the kids that are being trafficked. Um, I had done research for about four years on the child sex trade and had everything I kept coming back to was telling me that kids as young as five and six years old were being sold for sex in Cambodia. And my heart breaks for the issue all over the world, but the age of the children in Cambodia is what really got to me. Mm. When you say you were researching it, like what, what actually was the, the catalyst even for that to, um, you know, it, to get into it? It all started for me when I was flipping through the channels late one night about 11 o'clock and a program came on, a, it was a made-for-TV special. It came on a channel called the Lifetimes Channel, which is very benign, you know, family channel at home. And it was a, a movie called Human Trafficking. And I recognized some of the actors and actresses in it, so I said, whatever, I'll just watch this. And, and it blew me away. Mm. Um, at the end of it, I uh, was so horrified by what I had seen. And yet I knew that probably a large majority of it was just Hollywood, you know, just your mm. big Hollywood film. But I knew that enough of it was real um, to stir me to action, mm. you know, to, yeah. to just um, have me walk into my boss's office and quit my job. Wow. And, um, and, and go to hopefully make a move and to um, make a difference in it. I guess even if only 1% of it's true, that's enough to be stirred yeah. to action, isn't it? Because it's just horrifying, you know, yeah. what uh, what's going on, you know, all over. But, I mean, obviously Cambodia is yeah. a bit of a hotspot for it. So tell us yeah. a bit about what you do there. What have you been doing over the last eight and a half years? Um, I work with children who have been sold into the sex trade by their parents. And when I say sold into the sex trade, what I mean is on a daily basis, because the way sex trafficking of minors happens today in Cambodia is very different from the days of the past. And today, a child um, is not sold into a brothel and never seen again by their family. Today, less than 1% of children are living in actual brothels. Uh, It's all gone to ground, and children are being sold by their own families. Um, or put into vulnerable places on the streets in the sex tourist district of our city and they're being taken for sex. Wow. So you're involved with a with a ministry over there. Is that something mm-hmm. that you actually initiated or did you move yes. into that? Um, we're an international NGO, but we are Christian and we're officially registered with the government as an international non-governmental organization. 
and I founded the Hard Places community in February 2008. Mm -hmm. Tell us about some of the the children that you've interacted with. Do yes. you like you know see them regularly, or is it sort of one-off uh, touches? Yes. How, how do you actually work with the kids? Um, what happens is that we are planted. Our our work is right in the middle of the sex tourist district of Phnom Penh, and the sex tourist district. So what that means is that people get on a plane and they come all the way to Cambodia for the purpose of raping a child. Oh, wow. And so every kid at our district is in is at high risk. Every child in our neighborhood is a potential victim mm. um, of uh, being taken for sex by an adult pedophile. And so we don't have to go out and find children. We don't have to um, to look for them, all we have to do is open the doors to our center every day. Yeah. And what we do is we run, we run programs from 8.30 in the morning until 12 midnight, five days a week. And these programs are all simple activities that we do with the children in order to bring them into relationship with trusting adults. Mm. And so we run 22 kids clubs every week. We have... Um, art therapy and play therapy we have a huge soccer league english programs computer programs and all of these are programs that the children are invited to come and be a part of and through those programs they disclose their abuse to us mm. that's sort of the stuff that they would want to be doing as kids as opposed yeah. to what the alternative is just outside yeah. the door. Yeah. And I always say that if in Cambodia, if you can walk, you can work. Wow. And so kids who are just toddlers are on the street trying to sell you a bracelet or trying to beg money or put in very vulnerable positions. And so the, the programs that we offer give them a safe place to come, if only for a few minutes a day. Mm, that's amazing. And I believe I was just chatting with Age earlier. He tells me that you've actually adopted a number of these kids yes. as well. So yes. that's... A, yeah, you're, you're in boots and all yeah. by the sound of it. Yes, I have four children. Uh, wow. They are now ages three to eight, and I've had all of them since they were little bitty. Mm -hmm. They all came from different facets of the sex trade, different partnering organizations or from our own clients. Mm, that's amazing. It's just, it's incredible to hear what is happening. I mean, it's not that far away, you know, Cambodia. Yeah. And it's just a huge um, problem. And I guess in some respects you could be uh, mistaken to say, well, it's just too big, there's nothing I can do. But yeah. clearly you guys are doing something. You're making a massive impact into the lives that you do have yes. access to every day. Yes, and, and I want to be careful not to generalise about Cambodia because the issue of the child sex trade is in my own personal opinion, is no longer an epidemic. It's not a nationwide problem in the way that it was 15 years ago because many, many organizations like my own have come and have really ripped the lid off the darkness and made a huge difference. Mm. But today, Robo, children are sold for sex by their own families, by pimps that see them, vulnerable children who are placed on the streets to earn money for their families. It is happening, and it's happening in dark pockets of our city. Mm. And what the Hard Places community does is we move into those dark pockets, and we infiltrate those pockets, and we live there amongst, amongst the children, amongst the victims. Mm. And through that, we bring them into trusting relationships that help bring restoration to their lives. Tell us a bit about that restoration and how does the gospel play a part in that as yeah. well? Like what sort of, I guess, uh, success and what sort of recovery are you seeing in what yeah. I can only assume would be incredibly broken kids? Yes. Uh, the process of rescue is a very long, drawn-out process for us. The average amount of time from the time we discover a child is being raped to the time that that child is no longer being hurt 
that's the word that we refer to as rescue. Mm. Doesn't necessarily mean we swoop in and save the day. Yeah. It means that child's no longer being raped. That's a rescue for us. Mm. The average amount of time is 22 months. Wow. And so we walk with this kid. We hold this kid's hand. We play soccer with this kid. We sing with this kid. We um, watch this kid grow and go through their everyday life. And when they leave us, they are sold again. Mm. They're taken by the pedophile again. Um, Because we have to wait for the government wills to turn. We can't just jerk the kid off the street. We can't just take them into our own homes. We have to follow the legal process that's set before us by the Cambodian government. And so for us, we we are finding that in this process of waiting for the pain to stop, our kids are coming into a relationship with a living God who knows their name and who is mm. with them in the pain. Yeah. They're not angry with him because the pain is happening. They feel comforted by his presence. Uh, they come to know him, a loving father, for the first time in their lives. And we don't proselytize. We don't say, you must become a Christian. You must be a Christian to be in our program. Um, we just we live lives that reflect his love. Mm. And we love the children well. Yeah. And for the first time, someone is speaking to them in a respectful voice. Someone's not hitting them. Someone's not touching them inappropriately. Mm. And they're finding Jesus on their own. That's amazing. And so the process of restoration for us, the beginning of it is walking with the kid through their pain. And through the process of social work with their family, um, with the whole family, we address the needs of the whole family, not just the children, because we believe that the child's life is only going to change if his entire family yeah, structure sure. looks oh, different right, yeah. than it does, right? So we we very slowly and painstakingly walk with this child through um, some very difficult behavior because yeah. traumatized kids act out. and they're, Sometimes they're angry. Sometimes they're um, withdrawn. We walk with them through this process, and we use play therapy and art therapy in order to, um, to to help facilitate healing in their hearts. We have trained counselors and social workers on our team who embrace those children. And from the point of rescue, um, it just it kind of comes in stages. The first stage is to te- teach the child that my body is my body, and it's nobody's body but mine, and to have safe hands, and mm-hmm. the difference between good touch and bad touch, and kind of rewiring everything that's been done to them by the pedophile, um, to teach them to be safe people to themselves and to others. And then we will begin uh, just unpacking the trauma bit by bit. Mm-hmm. Restoration with sexually abused children is a long process. Yeah. It's not something that can happen overnight and it's something that's very difficult for us to put down on paper people say well what's your success rate? what's your what's your success rate how is has this child reached this stage of recovery or what does it look like um for us in any given day uh one of our success stories might be that our six-year-old was able to keep his hands out of his pants for five minutes today Mm. just five minutes You know, and that's very graphic, but that's real life yeah, to us. That's, that's what we're dealing with. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it, it, it's not what not what people really want to hear on paper, is it? Yeah. About the yeah. success rate, but it's it's what daily life is for us. It's one tiny step at a time mm. to wholeness, to health, yeah. so that they can grow up and be um, effective adults in mm. their community. You can just imagine the flow-on effect of that the positive ramifications of these young people growing up, as you say, into healthy adults, yeah. the, the positive flow on that will have. It's, yeah. a, it's really quite exciting to, to think about the, the prospects of that. But as you say, it's a huge journey along the way. And I, I've got to imagine that for you guys, for the, the, the people that work in there, 
it must be heartbreaking for you. Like that yeah. that journey, watching the kids leave at the end of the day must just yeah. be devastating for you. Like that, you, you must have to really lean on God's grace and mercy and, and his mm. love and care for you along the way as well. Yeah, yeah that, that is a huge part of it. And um, it's very important for all of our staff to have a strong network of prayer and support mm. around them. Yeah. Um, we we often spend spend time crying on each other's shoulders and and helping each other work through the secondary trauma that affects us mm. all. Uh, every time we have a new case or every time a kid we've watched grown up for the last six years, you know, it happens to him. Um, every time something like this happens, then it devastates us all over again. Yeah. And it hurts. You mm. know, these past eight weeks have been very heavy. We've had 12 rescues in the past eight weeks, and they were all really intense cases. And, um, and, and, and that's hurt. And I found myself really grieving for these children. And yeah, I was asking myself the other day, like, you know, uh, I'm back. I'm hurting again. I'm aching for these kids. Like this doesn't feel good. But the alternative is to have a heart of stone. Yeah. The alternative is to block it out and to not feel anything. Mm. And I would rather my heart be broken for these children than pretend than to pretend it doesn't happen. Yeah. And for me, when I first watched that movie Human Trafficking in 2004, at the end of the movie, I prayed and I said, God, don't let me sit here on this couch and get up from this couch and pretend that this doesn't happen, mm. that this isn't happening somewhere in the world. Don't let me get up from this couch and pretend this is somebody else's problem. This is somebody else's issue. You know, I mm. prayed that that wouldn't happen because it's so easy for us to hear heartbreaking stories and then just go out, go through yep. the McDonald's drive through go on with our yeah. lives. God bless you for doing something yeah, about it you. as, as you've been able to. So uh, thank you so much for, for your time tonight and for uh, what you're doing, I guess, you know, launching this uh, year's ping pong yeah, and uh, we you. just pray God's rich blessing on you as you head back home to Cambodia. Yeah, thanks so much. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, just go to historymakers.tv. There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips and you can find out about History Makers TV. We are a faith-based ministry and we appreciate every donation. You know, the vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus Christ to the nations of the world. If you'd like to partner with us, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater, and why don't you go and make history? History Makers. History Makers is proudly sponsored by Bible League, who serve the local church and other partners around the world by providing Bibles, scripture materials, and training to help people meet Jesus. They provide God's Word to a lost and needy world. Bible League plants Bibles in prisons, among persecuted Christians and in poor nations, bringing the love and light of Christ into many people's lives around the world. Make history today by joining our friends at Bible League and planting a Bible that will help someone meet Jesus. Go to bl.org.au. Station sponsor, 